Welcome back to Hire Everyone, the podcast full of wicked stories from the job market and experts showing us how to succeed in it. Today, in the real studio, we have Claire Marr, who is an online reputation manager, here to talk to us about what's Google and how can you make Google your best friend. Right, now it is time to hit that funky beat. Hire. We've got Claire in the real studio for a change. Oh boy, as per usual, I am thrilled. So thank you so much for joining us, Claire. It is such a delight to have you here. I'm actually looking at a person while I'm recording, which is fantastic. As per usual, the audience is yawning because we do this every single time. We are sending our guests um, up some tall building to do the elevator pitch. Why a tall building? Because a 30-second elevator pitch be telling nobody none. So, Claire, you're from the UK. So let's take, and we've been there before, the Shard. The stage is yours. Who are you? So I'm Claire Marr, and I'm an online reputation manager. Um, I had an agency for over 20 years, working with very high-profile clients who faced uh, typically critical reputational issues within Google. Um, and I've helped them to outrank uh, negative press and improve their own profiles. Um, I now work in corporate and uh, reputation is really where I'm positioned. So uh, looking at online profiles, looking at how you can amend your online profiles, how you can be better in Google. Uh, this is kind of my area of specialty. Fantastic. I mean, before I met you many years, many moons ago, you told me online reputation management. I just thought, uh, duh, what is that for you out there dear audience member we are going to explore this concept today uh, with clear and let you know how your online profile which we've discussed um, in our last episode with james already specifically about linkedin uh, can help you to attain new clients launch a business or just get a new job and shield yourself from any kind of negative repercussions that the big machine of google can uh, have in store for you as per usual we have asked clear to retain some of her top three tips the most practical things that you can implement immediately after leaving this episode until the end of this episode now claire was very transparent and claire said no i'm be given my top tips throughout the episode so stick around until the end for a feisty finale and a summary of her most practical advice now let's hop straight in and the first element claire that we want to talk about are the gods of the google so let's lay the truth on some people. Today, we're talking about online profiles and how they can be your best friend or your worst enemy. If you are looking for a job or new business, we cannot talk about online profiles without first talking about Google for a little bit. So lay it on us. What is Google? And how does it patch together a digital version of us for others to see? So Google is, as we know, a beast. And it is the source <laughs> of information. I love it. For, uh, for for your reputation. So anytime, I used to say to clients that um, that when you Google yourself, you know what what people see. This is this is perception of you, and it's it's detailed within this digital kind of format. Now Google is a very complex algorithm, so it takes information, it assimilates it, and then it, it kind of puts it out in an order that it, it makes sense to it. So really, what it does is it it takes information. Um, and, and it kind of, it, it assesses how you should be positioned based on the information it's given. 
So if you're looking to shift perception or you're looking to improve your uh, reputation or online profile, you've really got to look at what is appearing in Google. Uh, you know, in Google, things linger. It's, you know, Google is, is not something that comes in and out. It is something that lingers. So perception of you can linger. And, uh, and I think that you have to look at how you can shift perception so that you are your best self within Google. Now, it's, it's a platform that is uh, extremely complex. There are tons of ranking factors, but the three major elements for me that are important is, are you relevant to the conversations within Google that you want to be relevant in? Is your conversation timely? So are you picking up on something that is a topic at the moment? Or are you authoritative? Now, an authoritative site would likely be press or media. It could be a, a website that's sharing or hosting a lot of content. Um, it could be a social media platform, but essentially Google will look at what it sees trusted as trusted sources to be able to form an idea of who you are as a, uh, as a person. Which is great. We will unpack some of the jargon that you've just heard further down in the episode. But when we talk about authority, for instance, uh, Google is looking for what does your profile or your name even stand in relation to? So is there a New York Times article with your name attached to it? For example, it's going to give you more authority. It's going to give you more relevance. Um, but for a lot of us out there, I think um, and we will dive into what to do and what not to do vis-a-vis -vis your online profile a little bit later. But I do want to hone in on a feeling I think that many of us listening and me certainly uh, must have. And um, this big learning machine that is Google is just out there collecting information about me, creating an avatar of myself that others can look at, interact with. And I'm a bit of a hapless bystander, really. I mean, I'm on my Facebook and my Twitter and my Instagram going about my day and there's just somebody watching formulating some kind of idea of who I am. So you, on the other hand, have a much different take on all of this. You say that one can wield Google with precision and with purpose to whatever that purpose might be, getting a new job, launching a business, becoming a thought leader and looking and appearing a certain way. So we will tell our audience later how to do just that. But do you possibly have a story to share from your work experience, you know, one in which a client of yours felt the victim, but with your help transformed his online profile to serve his purpose? Yeah. Correction, their purpose. Their purpose, yes. Apologies. Yes, no, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I worked with a lot of high profile clients and they kind of fell into two buckets. There was the old PR adage many years ago, which was that, you know, in a crisis or, or in terms of your profile, you shouldn't really be putting a lot out there. You should be remaining sort of silent and dignified. This is no longer the case. Dignity is out of the window. Uh, we have to manifest dignity in our own way. Um, clients that I've helped have had huge, they've been in the public eye, maybe they've had huge reputational issues because they've had major press ranking with stories or allegations. Um, the other thing that we've often found is that um, individuals have allowed their personal life so they might be a thought leader in a particular industry but the kind of salacious details of a divorce or a, mm. a family issue are the kind of things that rank in their in their uh, with their online profile mm -hmm. so when you do nothing you allow kind of irrelevant and very personal information to creep into your profile if you do nothing if you're not curating your profile you're giving the wrong image such as the salacious details of your Such of your scandalous divorce. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, this sounds great. But I think what is quite critical for all of 
our listeners out there to understand is who is actually paying attention to the gods of Google? And why does any of this even matter? I said job search and business, but I think we need to we need to dash into this a little bit more and risking a mansplain moment. And I must apologize about my mishap earlier, but I assume that your client was male, where clearly it doesn't have to be the case. Um, but this might be a rude assumption. But I imagine that many of us out there think that their university degrees, CV, and motivation letters are the job application elements that make or break the camel's back. All right. But hiring managers look not only for merit, this is the sad truth, but they base the decisions on who to invite to an interview based on perception. And this is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a criticism of the hiring industry. It just means that we are people and humans hire humans, although you apply, uh, you send your job application through a digital mask. And I guarantee you, they will Google your name. Your application reaches their inbox, they will check you out beyond your motivation letter and beyond your CV. So to do it first and assess if what you see serves your purposes, that is quite critical. Be the first person to Google yourself. But what to look for? What to look for? Claire, um, when we search for our own name in Google, which technically we can probably all type in our own name into Google, but how should we systematically go about analyzing our online profile and figure out if it sits where it needs to sit i think i think it's a really interesting question and like i said with my clients i've either taken a proactive or a reactive uh kind of measures with regards to their online profile now if you're reactive your profile is sitting there uh, subject to kind of scrutiny from third parties and the mm. information that they want to see as relevant to you creeps in if you're proactive you are you are devising information that you can place in those slots Google your name. This is so simple, but many people don't do this. Um, I actually worked with a client quite recently who had said to me, you know, uh, that they they had they knew somebody who was facing a critical reputational issue, and and I said, have you Googled this person's name? And they hadn't. And the the person's name that they were wanting to keep extremely hidden was front and center in the internet with very damaging content. So this was flagged to them. You must Google yourself. Don't just Google yourself. Look at your profile in relation to other thought leaders or other individuals who are working in the same industry. You know, what are they writing about? What pops up in Google in relation to, uh, to your particular area of expertise? What, ha what conversation entry points are you missing out from? Mm -hmm. um, you have to look at this and you have to think there are, you know, I mean, Google's results could be different. They can feature questions and little boxes at the top, et cetera. But really, you're kind of looking at around 10 positions on page one. So you want to look at how can I put things within those 10 positions on page one so that that will claim my online profile. So a position being just an entry. An entry, right. okay. yeah. Yeah, because Google's going to determine what is ranking. And so you need to make sure that you are visible on authoritative or high profile trusted platforms like social media. But you want to make sure that your personal life is not creeping in. So if you're... Looking at your online profile, you've just mentioned a couple of things um, that you would want to do, right? So do you, and we're going to go about the tips and tricks a little bit later, but are you showing up in association with authoritative organizations? Are you, have you written an article with your name on it for your alma mater, for example? That is a really good way. But if you're looking out there, what are some of the things that you can see just by looking at Google where you should, a red flag should go up 
that makes you go, mm, I need to address this. How we address it, we talk about later, but just train our eyes a bit. I'd be looking at any personal information that's appearing within Google. I mean, these would be kind of red flags. Because you, what you're doing is you're feeding perception of yourself in a very personal way, rather than as a thought leader or as a business owner, as a business expert. And so you want to be positioning yourself as a subject matter expert. So you don't want the personal stuff to creep in. Just remember that everything you're putting out there is in the public domain. Mm -hmm. So it can be read. And Google is basing perception of you based on the information fed to it. So therefore, if you're feeding it that you're um, very visible on on uh, in a particular hobby that you have, particularly right. an interest or something like that, then what's going to happen is Google's going to have this perception of you. Now, one of the little tips you can do is when you're typing your name within Google in the in the kind of search bar, you'll often see that there'll be other associations that pop down. Have a look at those associations. So the drop down menu when you type something into the search bar. Right? Yeah, that's Great. right. And so therefore you can see already you start to get an idea of what Google is serving about you, what is relevant. Hmm. It could be you. It could be your business. But the same process applies. Google it and see what's out there. Okay. This is a great idea. So if what is out there is you getting sloshed on a massive bucket of sangria on Ibiza, you probably want to address that. Even Google Images is a great place to have a quick look yeah. um, just to see what are the images that pop up about you because they will be culled and uh, taken from your from your social media feed. Again, bucket of sangria, if you're looking out for a serious job in banking, probably not the best idea. But let's get to the real shizzle shall we so now we have an idea of who we are on google and we'll shortly talk about how to course correct elements that don't serve our needs you know may they be business development or getting a new job but first let's talk about the big scary fish in the pond it is not just and we talked about this in other episodes of the show the applicant tracking systems or the in-house recruiters that we are and i'm saying this in parentheses up against when we want to have a job because these filtration mechanisms exist for a reason so that neither the company nor you waste your time with a job that doesn't suit you in the long run but there are companies out there specializing in vetting your online presence for other companies seeking to make a hire claire do you care to elaborate so you're you're quite right and your profile will be vetted by these companies in it can be uh, just verifying your degree or some of the details about you that are basic, but actually some of them go into extensive detail. So there was uh, a company that was using um, asking for uh, your mother's maiden name. And the reason for this was that several years ago, it was a popular thing to have a personal account in your, your name plus your mother's maiden name, plus which was for personal use, then a professional account in your actual name. I mean, this is not a good tactic. You want to be kind of aligned across your platforms mm -hmm. with your name. But they were asking for your mother's maiden name so that they could do searches around your personal information to see if that aligned with your corporate profile. Mm -hmm. People are looking for an insight into the person. And this isn't just companies and company vetting solutions. This might be universities. We're seeing this in the States a lot, uh, where universities are really vetting applicants uh, to the university uh, based on their social profile. And even something that we perceive as benign can have a serious impact on your profile and whether or not you are accepted for a job, whether or not your, your business is seen as, uh, as authentic and, uh, and relevant, uh, or whether a university will accept you. I mean, these are, these are major challenges to face. You have to really think about curating in detail. Mm. 
it's quite scary, right? Because whether you're a parent or somebody seeking, you know, just coming fresh out of high school and wanted to get into the, mo- into the most prestigious universities, you don't necessarily think about your party pictures uh, on Instagram or what you've shared. If only there was a solution out there, some kind of concierge for for your career, you see. Oh, well, maybe more on that later. Watch the space. So most of us out there are looking for jobs. Um, you know, we immediately think about LinkedIn as the is all, get all, fabulous everything platform that will determine our fate. But for most of us, it's not um, the only social network that we are on. So do the others like Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, or maybe your foot fetish OnlyFans account. Do they have a role to play here? Uh, some where relevant to your industry. I mean, if you're an art director, maybe Pinterest or Instagram are good platforms for you. Mm. Um, however, it has to be relevant to your industry. But don't forget, these are incredibly high-ranking, very trusted, authoritative sites. So Google sees them as really valid sources of information about you. And um, I actually had a, a look at a board member once who was appearing for Pinterest and Facebook. She, this was not the area that she wanted to appear for. Mm. She obviously was a thought leader in a particular field, and yet her public profile was completely tarnished by the fact that she liked crocheting in her spare time. <laughs> um, so really think about the way that you're presenting yourself. I mean, I think starting with Googling yourself is is a really, it's a great place to start. And if something's yeah. ranking that you don't you don't feel comfortable with, then you need to think about switching platforms. or you need to think about what is business appropriate. So it might be for many people, LinkedIn obviously is a good place to start. But remember that the only page that is public is your profile page. Um, So that is the only page that is ever going to rank in Google. In Twitter, it can be slightly different. But Twitter, obviously, in real time, you need a lot of information to kind of saturate the platform. Um, But just look at trying to be when you're looking at these platforms, think about who you want to be on each platform. There's a a lot of kind of um, misconceptions that you should be the same person across every platform Mm. i I don't agree with this at all i think that um i think that for example on twitter you might want to you might want to look at uh other profiles peers in your industry right and then they become a a source of information that you might be able to share on other platforms so Mm -hmm. when you're talking with your peers when you're talking with other industry experts you're going to pick up tips you're going to pick up information and then you can be hot off the press on linkedin sharing this information to a different, more corporate audience. So I think it's it's worth assessing who you are on each platform, making sure there's a balance and making sure you're not trying to be the same across every platform mm-hmm. to make sure that you have a distinct voice on every platform that you engage with. That resonates with your core, surely, but it's almost a waste of space to just duplicate all of your information across all of the platforms because they give you the opportunity in line with what these platforms generally are, tonally speaking. Instagram is more fun. It's a bit more poppy. It's a bit more liberal. Twitter is often there for political discourse, for social commentary, whereas LinkedIn is more so specific about skill sets and your abilities. But these are all elements of yourselves. You're not inventing the wheel fresh. But I think, and we mentioned this a lot in the past, it's to look at yourself and who you are, what is in your repertoire with fresh eyes, categorizing it and distributing it with purpose and what you mentioned earlier about well crochet actually shout out to justin in austin uh, who loves crochet and is fabulous at it um if that is not conducive it's not necessarily incriminating if you're it's harmless it's a harmless hobby 
but it might occupy a space on what Claire mentioned, this first page of Google, that other information about you should occupy for a specific job search or for you to launch your business. Now, we started this jovially with talking about the gods of Google, because really, it does feel like a bit of a mythical entity at this point. So let's talk about how to pray and how to preach to the gods of Google, um, which is to me the really exciting stuff. How to actually curate one's online profile with a specific purpose in mind. As we explored, it bears risk, right? But on the bucket of sangria, you with a long straw upside down in Ibiza. But on the flip side, as we have established that you know both recruiters and specialized firms look at it, it bears great potential to aid our quest for the new gig. The first step, surely, is to remove risk as much as possible. So, Claire, how would you advise our listeners to vet and tidy, so removing incriminating information from their online profile in a very practical sense? So imagine somebody out there is listening and they're saying, oh, shoot, okay, I'll Google my name. I see what's there. What do I do next if there's something that I don't like? So I think you need to think about acquiring social channels that are relevant to your industry so that you're positioned as a thought leader in a particular area. And make sure that your profile reflects that. So all your biogs, et cetera, that they reflect who you are as an individual or a, or a business. The, the bio at the top of your profile. The bio at the top of your profile. And then what you want to do is you want to go into your social media. And it's a slightly tedious task, but it's very, very, very worth doing. Um, <laughs> Uh, you want to go back and vet your social media posts. What have you posted in the past? Are you still comfortable with something that you said six months ago? Mm. You know, is the post still relevant? Are you entering conversations that potentially could have an impact or a, a negative impact on your uh, the way that you're perceived uh, by Google and by uh, anybody vetting your profile? So I think going back and removing any posts that are uh, that are no longer aligned with your core purpose, I think is really important. Uh, if they're not representative of your of your of your kind of opinions, then please change. You know, delete, amend. I think there are well publicized cases of people who have been tripped up by very old posts, mm -hmm. and even um, a very personal example. Even watching my son's profile over the years, you know, he started out I think on Twitter describing himself as a sleight of hand magician. <laughs> now. At age 14, this was highly relevant to him. Now, this is less so. So, obviously, he has now changed this. And now he just has a very bland Twitter profile that is accruing age, ready for him to populate whenever he sees fit. Mm -hmm. So, um, these are things to think about for yourself, for your families. You know, but I think that going back and making sure the information that's out there you're comfortable with is really important. And I think as a best practice, you probably should be doing that um, every six months or so. Right. Have a look at what you're putting out there, whether your views are still aligned, whether things have changed. You know, the political landscape can change. The social landscape can change. You're, you can grow as a person and your opinions may, may change over time or evolve over time. Just make sure that the early posts particularly are aligned with the way that you see yourself now. This is really interesting. And again, we've spoken about this with other guests on the show, your online presence, whether it's your LinkedIn profile, or any other outlet that you have both serve a passive and an active purpose. So you may only think about it as an active thing. So you've got your profile, you want to write to people, but this is, as you said, it's eternal, unless you delete it. And it's there for people to find you and see you. So this can also be recruiters might be looking for a specific job with you without you even being on the lookout. And this dream gig, because you're slightly uncomfortable in your current job, might just appear. You might just receive a message. You might just receive a phone call. 
if in the eyes of Google and the beholder, you look a certain way. I think also worth mentioning, and you told me this, whatever you do on the interweb, on social media, everything gets updated in real time. Until Google, however, figures out that something has changed, there might be a time delay. So doing this, as Claire suggested, every six months, it just assures that it's ready for you when you need it. Okay, so so when you look at your profile, you're quite right. Google can take around kind of three months to really process the information that it receives. So mm. if you start a blog, if you have a website, you know, it can take Google three months to see this information properly. They call it indexing. And and basically you want to make sure as well that you're um it's not just social media that you want to think about, because you're quite right, a lot of social media updates pretty regularly or more regularly because Google sees it as a time-sensitive mm. platform or sees them as a time-sensitive platform. Um, but the other thing you want to think about is what other conversations are happening online? So what are people talking about on social media? What are they talking about in the internet? If you are an expert in a particular field, Google this and see what conversations are really resonating. Mm -hmm. You know, this is also really important because you want to make sure that you're talking about things that are going to resonate with the people you're trying to connect with. Yeah. And so finding those kind of relevant conversation entry points is so important. Which is the perfect bridge to our next question which you sneakily snatched away from me but it's fine it's fine claire i will forgive you you are my esteemed guest but let's assume that we have vetted our profile our vest is white and spotless so let's flip this thing around and actually make our online profiles work for us we've already spoken with james in uh, episode 37 um two weeks ago about linkedin specifically but um, at this point, Claire, you have full permission to monologue like a champion. I'm just going to sit back, relax, take notes for myself. Um, what tricks do you have up your sleeve to fill those first search entries in Google? Do you call them the positions? So these are the first search results that you see when you Google anything with information that recruiters, new clients, potential business partners would want to see about you. Go. <laughs> So you want to approach this as if you're, you know, a digital strategist. You want to look at your profile and think, how can I find other high profile uh, items to appear within my profile? So can you do guest blogs? Can you do uh, can you write an article to a publication? Always make sure, of course, that your name is highly visible. Um, I've actually suggested that um, you should also try and put an image where possible, you know, signing yourself as the author of a particular piece because this has a, a chance to appear in Google Images, which is also really good. So when your uh, people are searching for information about you, they see very corporate, very relevant, very curated information about you. So getting your name on other websites is really good. Align with other thought leaders. You know, if they have a blog, could you guest post? Could mm -hmm. you add something to it? Uh, making sure, of course, that you're always talking about topics that are highly relevant. Um, so guest writing and publications, if you've got a website, make sure that the, the words and phrases, you know, embedded into your website, echo those of uh, popular conversations or niche conversations in your, uh, in your industry. You know, what's really important here is about emphasizing yourself as a thought leader. So what would a thought leader do? Where would they be? Where would they be present? If you can leverage media, great. If you have your own assets, as in your own website or your own blog, even better. And, and have that put in your name. Mm. So they, or at least have a, an about section that is about and optimized for your name so that you appear within the Google search results. Mm -hmm. um, appearing in kind of 
high profile media sites is a is a really good way to give a very full profile along with social media because you're not just addressing the real time and showing that you're up to the minute expert in a particular topic but you're showing that you've really applied thought to the items that you want to talk about and these aren't just subjects that interest you you have to think about what interests other people right so it's about thinking about what are the popular topics i mean if you go into into google you know you'll see uh, often a series of questions will pop up it's called a people also ask section Go through some of the questions. And if you keep pressing the arrow underneath the last question, you'll keep seeing more and more questions. Are some of the blog posts or some of the news articles you're writing aligning with this? Are your social posts aligning with this? Could you answer some of these questions? And these are some of the ways. If you're talking in an event, make sure that you have a page on your profile at an event so that when you're going, you're appearing and ranking for areas that relate to your industry. So every time you think that you're going to attend a conference, attend an event, write an article, think about how can I make this more public? Mm. Because when you start thinking about that and thinking about the rationale behind it, you're then thinking about how to curate yourself. Which, I mean, to me, okay, well, hold on. I just need a moment to digest. Digesting, digesting. Wow. I mean, my mind is utterly and completely blown and shattered from the volume of information. I will definitely play this back, both in the editing suite, but afterwards yet again. And I've been a student of your teachings for many years now, Claire. But what I want to pass on to the audience, having listened to what you just said, is this sounds like it's some entrepreneurial dream. It sounds like it's something that you should do if you are Elon Musk, if you are... Um, Richard Branson or some other person who decides that they have to launch themselves into space to gaze at humanity and determine that the earth is fragile and they've dispersed it, uh, wasted all of this fuel. But this matters and is relevant to you and to anybody who is out there. This is A, it sounds like a lot of information if you're hearing it for the first time, but it's actually not all that complicated. For example, on my own profile, and I own a business, but I'm also on the job market. So I'm catering to two um, different sort of clientele groups here. If I Google my own name, on a good day, the first thing that comes up is not a third-party social media. It's my own homepage, that is tomzamso.com, which hosts me exactly as I want to be seen because I have complete control over the narrative on the site. So buying your own domain or having it done through a service like uh, Upwork, for example, where there's very, very um, cheap and affordable web developers that can do this for you. It's not that complex and it's really worth the buck. But one of the most highly ranked search entries for me that are actually plausible are, is an article that I wrote for my, uh, for my alma mater, for my university where I did my master's. It was free of charge. It didn't cost me anything. It wasn't a media buy. They were happy to have a contribution from an alumnus. And for instance, this is something very worthwhile doing. As I mentioned, Claire, my mind is already blown, but I'm asking for more because sometimes we overeat and this is one of these moments. So could you crystallize for our still present audience members out there the th one, two, or three most critical things that you would like them to do the second that this episode of the Higher Career Podcast is over. Okay, so um, to wrap up, you know, don't mix the professional and personal unless the personal is highly relevant to what you want to appear for. 
uh, lock down your personal information online so that you're appearing as you want to be and regularly vet your social mm-hmm. media. Um, Google yourself and look at the kind of conversations that you're joining or the items that you're posting or whether or not there is any article content or blog content. Getting back to your point actually about universities, universities are seen as a a highly reputable site. So actually they're seen as one of the most trusted sites in the world. So therefore um, it's great to get content on your old old alum as an alumni. I think this is really important. But the other thing is, you know, use some of the suite of Google tools. If you're thinking, what words should I be looking at? What phrases will will be drawing traffic? Who would be visiting me? Mm-hmm. Have a think about some of the free tools that Google offers. Um, you know, they are they love people that use their products. Number one, but um, there's Google Google Keyword Planner, which is where you can search for keywords around a particular subject area. So that can be quite useful to determine uh, what words you should be putting in your posts, or perhaps what could form a blog post. Or even your profile bio? Or even your profile bio. Even your profile bio. Um, If you want to look for more trending information for social media, you might want to look at Google Trends. And again, if you Google Google Trends, it will pop up straight away. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, it it ranks number one. So go into Google Trends and you can have a look by platform. Actually, I think they even allow you to break down into YouTube. So if you have a YouTube channel, it can be a great source of information. But it shows you what's trending. It shows you what the conversations are right now. Um, and they have a section where they show you can break it down by country, by topic area. If you search for a topic on um, Google Trends, you're going to be looking at the kind of worldwide search volume and, and all of the uh, translations around that. If you just do a search term, actually, then you're only looking for information in a particular language. So if you can find a topic to talk about, that's usually a, the best place to start in terms of research. Have a look, like I said, in the autofill in uh, the Google search bar. What are the affiliations with the business industry you're trying to get into? What are the popular questions that are asked around that particular industry? Could you write about any of this? Is there any entry point for you in this conversation? Assess what other thought leaders are doing on social media. Are they writing about popular topics? What are the hot topics right now so that Mm -hmm. you're to the minute? leverage some platforms for information and some for posting to a more kind of broader external audience and then and then the last point is regularly google yourself i mean you know keep googling your name see how you evolve over time um and if you have a family your partner you know this is something that you should be thinking about reaching out to them to do as well you know if you have a a family. We've, I've, I've worked with a lot of younger people who have faced pretty critical reputational challenges or just don't know where to start. So start early. You know, the, the generation that's coming up are incredibly informed about the internet, but yet may not, may not have reached the maturity they need to, to vet their public profile accurately. So a really good place to start is by Googling yourself and the mm-hmm. people that you love. Again, I'm just reveling in the moment. It's been such a delight to have you here, Claire, in the non-virtual but IRL in real life studio. Recording with somebody face-to-face is quite the joy. So thank you so much for your many wisdoms and thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. This was Claire Ma, everybody, online reputation manager of the highest order and secret search engine optimization wizard. Now, this concludes our month of March. That was all around your online presence and how you can wield it with precision and uh, with the desired effect that you're looking for, gaining new business, getting new clients, or getting that new dream job. 
now cruising at high speed towards our month of April, it is going to be around changing companies. Now, this is something that both Nikki and I are incredibly passionate about. Me, I want companies to contribute to the sustainability agenda and to give back um, to societies, to the world, with the reach, the power, the supply chain networks, the consumer interface, and all of the money that they have. Nikki, and we will talk about this in the month of June, is our strong advocate for the diversity, equity, and inclusion agenda. So April will be about changing companies. It will be around World Earth Day, which is coming up, one of my favorite days of the year. So stay tuned. And as per usual, let's go get it. Hey, 